Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 149, The Coming Wrath, New Wine. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And today we're going to get into some more of God's wrath, John. But you know, last week when we were talking before we began our content, we were discussing the news and some of the events of the news, and we were talking about that hearing that Congress had with the, the three witnesses about UAPs. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I couldn't recall all their names. I want to I want to give them credit where credit's due. The three witnesses that were testifying before Congress were Ryan Graves, who's the executive director of Americans for Safe Aerospace. Uh, we had retired Air Force Major David Grush <laughs> and retired Navy Commander David Fravor, wow. who were all sworn in. And these guys have seen stuff that, to me... <clears throat> should have been absolutely headline front page news. Yeah. And we're still seeing a suppression of that information, even though major networks mm-hmm. like CBS or CNN recorded it because it was on ESPN, you know, yeah. or, or not ESPN. Uh, what is it? C-SPAN. C-SPAN. What, whatever the Congress channel yeah. is. I forget. ESPN Sports, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's where I watch my I was football. like, that's a really odd channel for it to be on. By the way, <laughs> speaking of sports, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, who was uh, kind of a, a guy that I've been watching, he plays for Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. He got injured. Yeah. Yeah. You like him because he's LSU. I like him because he's the LSU guy. I'm an LSU guy. So, yeah, I readily admit my bias. (laughs) I have no love for Cincinnati except for the fact that Joe Bingle, I I mean, uh, Joe uh, Burrow is the uh, quarterback for the Bengals. So I wish them well, but I hope he's going to be better. So, Joe, I want you to know if you you ever get a hold of this podcast, we're praying for you. Not to, hold on, Joe. We're not praying for you to win a Super Bowl. Scott may pray for that. I might just pray for that. I'm praying for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I like Tony. And by Romo. the way, it's uh, unanswered prayers for like I don't know, 28 years now. That's right. That's because Jerry Jones is the devil. <laughs> That's funny. No, I'm kidding. I have no, I have no reason to dislike Jerry Jones. I just, I'm, I'm from the Tom Landry days. I, yep, I prefer, yep. I prefer the way they used to run. Although he's built that. Franchise into a money-making uh, uh, juggernaut. I think it's the number one value yeah. franchise in the so, world. So I mean, you can't fault him for that. But yep. uh, but anyway, back, not to discredit those three uh, witnesses, but uh, I think their their testimony and their revelation, and, and including what they couldn't say publicly, yeah, uh, should be absolutely screaming headlines. And we're still mm-hmm. seeing a suppression of that information. So that tells me a lot yeah. about uh, the coming deception because I think. They're going to somehow have to tie in the fact that they can no longer deny there's advanced technology, Yeah. there are UFOs. I don't prefer the term UAP. They keep yeah. changing it. Yeah. UFO, yeah. UFO, UFO to me. Uh, there's others that agree with that. That we are in communication with them. We're in collaboration with them. And we need to see that as a sign of the times. But you know what baffles me about this whole thing is, like we talked about, this should be the number one news story on the news. It should be, every time the, the national news comes on, they it's should start with world this, right? world-shattering, world-changing, yeah. yeah. But they, it's kind of like it's, it's um, like it, it, they let it out, but then they don't talk about it. So it's, but then it, it's happening more and more, right? Yeah. Hey, the Pentagon releases 14-page document on, we acknowledge that we know about UFOs. Yeah. Now this comes out. It's like a little bit at a time. So it almost like I, the only thing that I can think of would be their strategy is just to slowly normalize it. Yeah. Because I've I heard a recent poll that they polled Americans and it was like 50% believe in UFOs now. Yeah. Where it used to be like it was like 5% yeah. and those 5% were like crazy people that had ham radios or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Not to put down the ham radio operators out there, but you know what I mean. That's they what may it was. be the only ones able to communicate. Once the, the, it all but hits now the it's fan. like fifty percent of people are like, "Yeah, they're out there." You yeah. know, we have all this footage, so it's like, are they normalizing this so that we can get closer and closer to a big event, and then everyone's like, "Oh, they're here finally." Yeah. I, I, I think don't you're know right. what your strategy is. I think you're right. And and I mentioned the name last week, which is Richard Dolan, who's a ufologist that, that is quite an expert in this area. Uh, Timothy Alberino interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, and you can check that out on YouTube. But uh, he has his own website, uh, richarddolanmembers.com, I think. Okay. Uh, so shout out to him. But um, he's written quite a number of books. And he doesn't approach this from the standpoint of faith like we do. Hmm. Uh, okay. I don't know what his testimony is or not, but uh, he just has expertise in the area. And it's interesting that he mentions that he thinks, just like you're saying, it is being normalized so that because you, you can't stop hiding this. When these yeah. kind of credible witnesses yeah. are coming forward, then you can't just dismiss it and say there's no evidence. So to control the narrative, it's possible that Congress people are getting on board. Now, he thinks there's some sincere ones like Brichette from Tennessee and um, the, the Congress lady from La Lana. Uh, Laura, I've forgotten her name now, and I apologize. Hmm. There, there were others. Uh, they all seemed very sincere and interested. Matt Gates was yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, my apologies to the to the very competent congresswoman that uh, I can't think of her name right now, but she she did she had some excellent questions. Okay. I'm 60 and I don't remember names very well, but in any event, they seemed sincerely interested in getting to the heart of the matter. But I don't doubt that there are also congressional people that want to jump on the bandwagon because it's publicity. Yeah. So it could be all of that is going to be used to sort of control and manipulate the narrative to ultimately curve it towards some form of deception that's coming. It's almost like there's a group of Congress that doesn't know what's going on. Mm. And they're asking questions, right? Absolutely. And they're asking great questions like the lady that you just mentioned, right? And then there's a whole other group that know exactly what's going on because they're part of it. And they're controlling how this flow of information goes out because they have an agenda yeah. behind this. They do. Hmm. They do. And we believe that ultimately the agenda of the aliens, so-called, mm -hmm. is going to be part of the great deception. Yeah. Yeah. That somehow Satan and his fallen angels are going to manifest themselves as these extraterrestrial beings or are working in tandem with other entities that yeah. do the same Which thing. Which it seemed to make sense that a good portion of the world leaders know exactly what's going on because when it does happen, you're going to have, I would think, mass hysteria. Holy cow, there's a mothership over yeah. every major city in the United States, kind of like Independence Day, right, the movie? Right. You're going to have mass hysteria, but you're going to have a whole group of people that are like, hey, we know what's going on. These are good people, or our space brothers, right? Yeah. And they're here. We know what's going on. They've been in communication with us. They're here to help us, whatever, right? But you'd have to have a whole group of politicians and world leaders that were in the know to pull that off. And, and I think, to be honest with you, there's an entire organizational structure of black ops uh -huh. or dark government or deep state or whatever you want to call it that Congress and the president know nothing about other yeah. than a yeah. limited need to know basis. And uh, I think they're probably running the, the real show and yeah. we're getting up to those levels of like the, the Luciferians, like the, the Bilderberger groups or the, the club of what is it? 300 or something. Mm -hmm. The club of Rome, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, world economic forum, all of those Rothschild-type yeah, yeah. uh, banking interest people that have so much, so much power, oh, yeah. they they can buy and sell politicians like yeah. like cattle. So I don't want to trigger you, but you don't think Joe Biden's in charge of all that? <laughs> I know where you're going to go. You're I don't think like... Biden knows where he is at any given moment of the day. But he's the perfect Manchurian candidate to be controlled by yeah, whoever's yeah. pulling his strings. And and there's probably puppet masters that run him that have puppet masters that run them. Yeah. Speaking of puppet masters, did you see, um, oh man, now we both can't remember names. The mm -hmm. guy, the, the congressman that stood up at the, the podium and started talking. Oh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And then just froze up. But the lady who came over and tapped him on the arm, 
and the people that were talking behind him, it's almost, I mean, when, so they'll never show that on the news. They'll just be like, oh, Mitch McConnell's getting old and he's having health problems, right? But it looked more, when you go on social media, people were zeroing in on that going, look at his handlers. Yeah. Like, he started talking, all of a sudden he was saying something they didn't want to say, and the lady went over and it was like, boom, and all of a sudden he just, like, stopped talking. Yeah. For like a minute. I've, I watched his eyes in, in that moment, and he just lost consciousness practically yeah. I mean his eyes were open but he he was like he was like in a in a brain freeze and I, there could be demonic things involved yeah. in that yeah. I, I've seen it with Diane Feinstein I've seen it with Joe Biden when, when Joe Biden signed some thing he and he handed a pen oh, he was yeah, sitting down he, he looks should. up you could just see there's nothing there yeah. he was gone it's weird man. yeah th- these people are not I don't think they're fully human because hmm. they're in their 80s. Now, yeah. I, I pardon me because I'm getting in the same yeah. age bracket, you know, coming up in a few decades. But uh, I'm sorry. They're, you know, the Bible says 70 to 80 years yeah. of what we're yeah. given. And, and I think at some point, cognitive ability, and there's exceptions. You know, if you're in our audience and you're yeah, 80 yeah. years old and you enjoy this show, I'm not in, in any way meaning to impugn you for your age. But... Should these people be running the country when they're yeah. they're showing signs of dementia, uh, senility, and whatever else is going on? Mm-hmm. Some cognitive change. I mean, my own parents are in this age group, and they're they're fighting all kinds of health problems. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the older we get, our conversations turn from what we did last night to what our doctor's visits were. Oh, you, know? Yeah. you know, we we just it's just that way that life goes. And then these people are still making decisions to run this country. They can barely walk or drive. Well, just the amount at that level of power, um, the amount of stress that's on a on a human being. Yeah, you just would think that it'd be better suited for somebody in their forties and fifties. I, I think so. And to I, handle I'm not stress day in and day I'm sure out. somebody's going to meeting think, after meeting after meeting yeah. the travel. I mean, look at every president that goes into office and they come out of office. They are just you know oh. they go in. Brown or black come hair, out and they come hair. out great. Yeah. I mean, that, four years, and I think it's because they know they're being told what to do, yeah, and what to could say. Could be that too. And so, if that's happening with an eighty-year-old Manchurian candidate like Biden, uh, there's no telling who the power behind the throne really is. Yeah, it's not Joe Biden. It's now, serious. I think he's, I think he's aware when they give him the right medications of what's going on, and he's he's snarly and and nasty and yeah. defensive, and 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 he's just he's just. He, he is for sale to the highest bidder, as far as I'm concerned. But most presidents are. You yeah. Know, most yeah. presidents are. So, again, when we were talking about idolizing men, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's left or right. It's wrong. Yeah. If you lift yeah. up a man, if you think Donald Trump is going to ride in on a white horse, I have no personal problem with any of these people. I don't know Joe Biden, but I see what he's doing. I don't know Donald yeah. Trump, but I see yeah. what he failed to do. Uh, because he was surrounded, he surrounded himself with traitors. Yeah. So his judgment's terrible, mm-hmm. you know. And we could go on and on about that. So if you think that Donald Trump is God's ordained Messiah to come save America, you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're wrong. Uh, and I don't know if he'll ever get elected again. But even if he does, I don't think he's going to change. Because yeah. there is no political solution. Well, because there's puppet masters <clears throat> behind the scenes pulling all the strings. Yeah. So. And if he's <clears throat> not under their control, they're fighting against him. Mm-hmm. So. What difference does it make, you know? Yeah. And that whole QAnon deception, remember that? Yeah. That that whole thing was was all to control. All to I think it was to keep patriots down, mm-hmm. you know, from making a move. It's all about control. <laughs> it's always been about Absolutely. control. Which brings us back to our subject of the wrath, <laughs> the coming wrath. And John, we're going to talk about new wine today. Okay. Well. Let's talk about uh, the folks that are making this possible. So oh, this episode is going to be brought to us by our seekers, who are premium subscribers. So uh, five Thanks. folks this week, and all these folks are coming out of, I, be- I believe, signed up in February. Sometime yeah, it's in February, February or March. So we're yeah. getting caught up. So uh, Jane C. hyphenated in. Yeah. Right? Uh, we have Skylar S., Jalissa or Jalisa B., Sarah V., and Alicia L. So thank, thank you, you guys. guys very much. Absolutely. And by the way, you can subscribe, bobamysteriespodcast.com. That gives you access to all of our bonus content, full interviews, 
of our guests. Uh, you get the newsletter we do every every month. I do some additional sh video shorts for you. And uh, sometimes we'll have special things. We've got a special thing planned. You don't even know about this, John. No, I don't. What is yeah, a special thing? I, I think it's September or October. Uh, a dear brother and friend of mine is going to come down, and we're going to interview him. Uh, he is uh, a, a fantastic musician, okay. guitar player, and he co-wrote a number of gospel songs with Sandy and I, and we did a musical thing called Berea back in the day, mm -hmm. several, yeah. several decades ago. He's fun and he's funny. He's got some Bigfoot stories. I His like name it. is Brad Davis, and he just happens to be the father of my daughter-in-law. Wow! Yeah, so we're gonna have fun with that, and that's gonna wow. be something that uh, you'll, you'll <laughs> love hearing him play and sing. And believe it or not, we're actually gonna drag Sandy in, and we're gonna make Sandy sing with us. People don't. So y'all gonna do a little set? We're gonna do a little set, a couple of tunes. You know, that's cool. And people don't know this, but uh, our producer and my wife Sandy has a phenomenal voice. Mm -hmm. uh, she sings jazz mostly. We have a little jazz mm -hmm. duo, but she sings some beautiful gospel tunes. All of which, uh, or some of which, I should say, you can hear if you want on our um, Unlock the Bible Now app. If you're interested in good gospel music, uh, you can uh, download the app for free, and there's a music tab you can click on, and you can hear mm -hmm. some of these songs, which is Brad and Sandy and I. And if, and if you listen to the intro music for this podcast, that's Sandy doing that. Oh, that, oh that's yeah, true. That, that whole, I, did, I only sang like one note of it because I was about to butcher the whole thing. <laughs> but Sandy sings that whole thing, and it's really cool, kind of, it's almost mesmerizing to listen to it. You know? Yeah, we were trying to do kind of like a Star Trek vibe, yeah. you know, the original <laughs> Star Trek. So, yeah, Sandy's, uh, she's so talented. And by the way, I, you know, what John and I do here is what you get to see, but all the work behind the scenes is done by Sandy. And she does the promotion, the advertising, the, the editing, the, the video, uh, mm -hmm. all that. Uh, we could not do this without her. So she's not Absolutely. here right now, but um, she is really, she's the heart and soul of Bible Mysteries. So thank you, Sandy, for all that you do. And so today uh, we, we talked about that we that are saved by grace are delivered from the wrath to come. Mm -hmm. But there is a wrath coming. And last week we, we kind of wrapped up with this thing about the fire yeah. burning up the earth. And we were discussing climate change and things like that. So we want to, as a refresher and reminder to those that may have uh, uh, listened last week, and then maybe for those who didn't catch the first part of this, um, we want to wrap up with one more passage about the coming wrath in, in connection to burning. Okay. Because we were talking about, we saw that men were scorched with heat because yeah. of the sun, yeah. an angel poured his uh, vial of wrath onto the sun. And we uh, talked about people being burned up by the Lord's glory and their mm -hmm. ashes under the soles of the feet of the saints yeah. that he protects. But there's another horrific thing that's going to be emanating fire during the time. And it's um, found in Joel chapter 2. So we're going to start reading in verse 1 that says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and strong. Now, before we get into this great people, notice that the context is the day of the Lord, John. And people think of the day of the Lord as the millennial reign of Christ, which it is. Yeah. It's the Sabbath. It's the day of the Lord, and it's going to be glorious. But before that is the darkness, the wrath. Yeah. So the day starts with darkness, which is interesting because God, in the Hebrew calendar, counts the day before the night. Okay. So the day began at evening at sunset. Hmm. So like today is July the 29th, as we're recording. Yeah. For the Hebrew calendar, the day would start at sunset. It's not July the 29th until 6 p.m. So it's the 28th? Well, or or it could be that the 30th will start at 6 p.m. So I'm not okay. exactly okay. sure how they number it. But they, you know, in the Bible, the, the, uh, the days of the week and the months did not have names. Hmm. I mean, if they did have names, they weren't named after gods. Yeah. Like ours are, you yeah. know, or Caesar Augustus or yeah. Julius or whatever. Uh, and the days like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are all named after Nordic gods. Um, Saturn, Saturn's day. Mm -hmm. Saturday is not Nordic, but you get the idea. So God used numbers and the month was governed by the moon, you know. Yeah. So it was the cycles of the moon. So Sabbaths were not 
uh, you know, people argue when is the Sabbath day? Is it Friday p.m.? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? It's none of those. It's whenever the cycle of the moon brings it to that seventh day. Hmm. It could be a different day of the week by name. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But they got the Hebrews counted the counters by moon. And they started the day in the evening. So it's typical of the Lord to say the day of the Lord starts with darkness. Okay. Right? And then he says, A great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it. So whoever this great people are coming upon the mountains, they are, they've never been seen before and they'll never be seen again. And who are they? Uh, it says, Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, and yea, nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them, and you won't be able to see this part on the screen, the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble. So there's the fire again. Yeah. So whoever these things are, and I believe they're tied to this 200 million army in the book of Revelation okay. that comes uh, across the river Euphrates. And one of our subscribers, uh, one of our seekers actually wrote me recently asking, can we do a podcast about the drying up of the Euphrates River? There's these reports of the Euphrates River yeah. being dried up. Have you been seeing that? Yeah. yeah. I see it on social media yeah. every once in a while. They're yeah. saying, oh, it's the end of the end of the world because of this is one of the signs. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that they're tying it together correctly. I haven't watched these posts, yeah. yet, These whatever they're putting out there. But I, I know that when the river dries up, it's to make way for the kings of the east. Not for this. Hmm. Not for this. I think okay. they're tying it into this. But anyway, whoever this demonic army are, they come from somewhere. And it says, Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. Scorched. Mm, yeah. Right? They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march everyone on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. So you can't stop them. Right? Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. So you can't kill them. You can't kill them, yeah. They shall run to and fro in the city. And they shall run upon the wall. And they shall climb up on the houses. Upon the houses. And it almost makes me wonder, is this some sort of an AI robotic thing? Yeah, it sounds like a horrific scene from some kind of zombie oh, yeah. sci-fi like movie. post-apocalyptic yeah. nightmare. Uh, they shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. And I got to tell you, this reminds me of uh, that Avengers movie when Loki got control of the Tesseract and the Janari or whatever those things came out of this portal that he opened. Mm -hmm. And they were floating on these big dragon-looking spaceship things yeah. that carried all these individual alien demons that were riding these flying scooter type things you know and and i i often wonder if not if these movies are not actually a foreshadowing yeah they're fiction but is is the is satan telling us what's coming you know because hmm. these appear to be demonic entities that god's going to allow to attack this could be an alien invasion that's what it sounds like yeah. yeah i'm trying to kind of interpret yeah. it in my head at first it sounds like that movie Z or something like that, where it's all these zombies. Yeah. You imagine people climbing up walls mm -hmm. and into windows and stuff like that. But then, which could be another foreshadowing. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, but this is talking about some kind of a being that's coming, that's burning everything in front of them, yes. behind them, everything's scorched, right? And they can't die. It almost does sound like some kind of AI slash robotics. It really does to me. Aliens. I don't know. It, and and they're being controlled by the Lord. It's interesting. Hmm. It goes on to say that the earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Uh, so clearly there's a darkening of the earth because yeah. of this. Uh, and, and could that be like craft coming down, huge, mile-long yeah. motherships and things? And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. So he's controlling it whether they know it or not. And he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? That's horrifying. Yeah. 
Very. And that's what's coming. These demonic entities, I think, like I said, are likely the 200 million horsemen from Revelation 9. Hmm. I'm not so sure it's tied to the river Euphrates, but that could be where there's four angels that are supposedly bound in there. Hmm. And maybe they may, they are in control uh, of somehow something. You definitely want to be out of here before that those guys show up. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of being out of here, John, I'm glad you said that because obviously our mechanism for being delivered from this wrath is what we teach the rapture. Yes. And if we go back to our focal passage, because we're doing this series about the coming wrath in Isaiah 24, which is an entire chapter about events happening mm -hmm. during the wrath of God. And when we left off at verse 7. Okay. And verse 7 says that the new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, all the merry-hearted do sigh. Now, there could be multiple meanings to the term new wine. Okay. But I believe it could be a reference to the Holy Spirit. Okay. And if that is the case, it's possible that the Spirit's activity is going to be very limited during the time of God's wrath, which is why he's saying the new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth. You know, when you think about Paul okay. said, grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption in, in Ephesians 4.30, I think. So everyone that is saved is sealed by the Spirit of God. If we can grieve it, it can't leave. Yeah. So that's why the sealing is so important. We're sealed by the Spirit of God. We can still sin even after we're saved, and we can do things that could grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So the Holy Spirit can grieve. It has the capacity for emotion. Yeah. Therefore, it could mourn. So when it says the new wine mourneth, there could be something to that. Hmm. Right? Now, to follow that through, and it says all the merry hearted do sigh. Well, if the body of Christ, which is his church today, which is literally the temple of the Holy Spirit, yes. is taken out of this world, and it may be that the Spirit of God is only going to be active, and clearly it is going to be active in like the two witnesses yeah, yeah. doing signs and wonders in the 144,000 mm -hmm. as they do what they do. And, and I don't think you have a sealing of the Holy Spirit. I think you've got an outpouring of it right now that's going on. It, Peter said, in the last days I shall pour out of my Spirit, which is also in the book of Joel that we just read. <laughs> but uh, I think that's happening right now to... Um, to demonstrate how close we are to the time at hmm. the end, you know. Okay. So, like I said, there could be multiple meanings to new wine, but if it's the Holy Spirit's activity being limited and scarce on the earth outside of the few tribulation saints and the two witnesses and such that we're going to see under wrath, then maybe there's some passages of Scripture that point to that as a legitimate type, Okay. legitimate reference. So let's go to Matthew chapter 9. And this always seemed like an odd thing that Jesus said when, when he was talking. And all of a sudden, it's like he changed the context yeah. in chapter 9. And he said, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. And we have a Western mentality, so when we think of bottles, we think of glass. Yeah, but yeah. bottles would have been made of goat skin. Yeah, or this is like skin. a cask, right? Yeah, yeah, a flask maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, a flask can be metal too. Yeah, but uh, I think yeah, it, it's a it's a cask, and so it's something that you would travel with, and you've seen leather type mm -hmm. flasks or casks or whatever. That's probably what these bottles were. So you don't put the new wine in old bottles because they could break. You put the new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now, that seemed like a mysterious statement to make, but I think he was referring to the fact that the reason why the new wine represents the Holy Spirit is because he, he will empower shortly the 12, which yeah. begins the church. And uh, when Jesus gave forth his doctrine of the New Testament, he didn't give it to the Pharisees and the old guard under the Old Testament, the old bottles. Yeah, yeah. He chose 12 men that were not tainted by the old way. You know, they were instructed to keep mm -hmm. the law, but they weren't the lawyers, the Pharisees and the yeah. whatever. So it's interesting to think that they became the vessels, the new bottles, for the new wine. Hmm. So it was new I've doctrine. I've never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, it was new doctrine, and they didn't have the Holy Spirit sealing them or empowering them from the old guard, hmm. the old bottles. It was given to them at Pentecost, and we go to Acts chapter 2, we see that. I'd always wondered, I, I could, honestly, I could never understand that verse <laughs> until you kind of explained it just there, because it always perplexed me. It new new wine being 
you're now a new Christian, Holy yeah. Holy Spirit, but and it's saying new wine. You wouldn't put new wine into old bottles, and I'm going, isn't that a, like your body, right? But you still have your old body. Yeah. New wine going into, so you almost like you have to put new wine into a new body. Like I said, I could never understand that verse because I I read it and I was just like, man, it's like a riddle or something. Right. Well, it is like a riddle, and it was intended to hide the truth from yeah. the Pharisees who were opposing it because yeah. they yeah. were the ones that were of their father, the devil. Mm -hmm. They were the old bottles that distorted the truth of the law into a system of works. Yeah. Whereas the the believer in Christ is even called a new creature, or Paul refers to us as the new man, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then new wine if it's represented of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to note that in Acts 2, verse 4, we read, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance in verse 4. Okay. All right, so that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at that moment, and it was the Feast of Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. But in verse 12, it says, they were all amazed, the ones that heard them speak, and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting statement to make. Instead of saying they're drunk, yeah, they're full of new wine. Well, maybe it was really true. They were full of new wine. So when the Spirit was poured out on the apostles at Pentecost, they were accused of being drunk with new wine. But for more on what that feast means, you may want to look up this guy on YouTube. His name is Dr. Barry All. Okay. Now, he's really good at understanding the feasts and the appointed times and things. Okay. He's kind of got an interesting delivery. <laughs> okay. It's kind of wacky. You need to prepare me for this? Yeah. Dr. It's, Barry it's like Awe. And Awe is A-W-E. A-W-E. Okay. And uh, he's, uh, he's really learned, but he has a fun way of presenting things. And it's almost entertaining. And kind of, at first it took me back because it's like, how silly. He's got a skeleton there. He calls Mr. Bones, you know, and he, okay. he'll talk to Mr. Bones sometimes like a, like a ventriloquist. <laughs> but his doctrinal teaching is pretty in-depth. Okay. And, and you get into and maybe it's good that he presents it in a lighthearted way because it goes yeah. deep. It goes I was going to say, deep. he's just trying to put a little bit of a comedic spin on some pretty heavy topics. He is. Okay. And he's trying to present a connection between the church uh -huh. The Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of New Wine. And okay. I'm not even going to attempt to get into all that because he does Maybe. such a better job. Okay. Not so much of a better job than I could. But the bottom line is grace led by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the message of grace, is no longer going to be preached as a means of salvation during the time of the wrath of God. Yeah. The, the, the body of Christ, which are new, the new vessels that contain the Spirit, we're removed. Yeah. So because a church... Uh, which is really the bride of Christ, mm -hmm. even though there's some that don't agree with that, uh, but they're new bottles, whatever you want to call it, um, they're no longer going to be present on the earth. Yeah. And, and Dr. Barry does an interesting thing about tying in the, uh, the, the marriage supper and the bride and the wine and how the, symbolically that was used. You know, mm. the, the wine cup was part of the marriage covenant, things like that. Yeah. And Jesus had said something like, I shall not take, at, at the last supper, I shall not taste of wine again until I drink it again new with you in the kingdom. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. Which is when okay. we go up. Yeah, know? yeah. So there's something to all that, and I'll refer you to Dr. Barry um, uh, if you want to check out some of that teaching. Dr. Barry, ah, oh, okay. I'll have to yeah. look that up and watch some of his. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It took me a couple of uh, episodes to get past the silliness of, of his presentation, but I, I now sort of appreciate it because it's different. But now you've mentally prepared us, so we we, we know what to expect. <laughs> right. Just get ready. There's gonna be he's gonna be doing ventriloquist act yeah. through us. People that have no sense of humor are probably <laughs> not gonna like it, you know. But people that have a, a, a sense of whimsy will appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, there's gonna be much mourning mm -hmm. on the earth, and and perhaps there's a reference to the new wine mourning in the sense of the Holy Spirit you know, is, is saddened to see yeah. all of the, what's happening on the earth, you know. 
So maybe there's a reference to that. But back to Isaiah 24. You know, we're still talking about uh, new wine, but uh, the fact that it's removed is also, in a type of the Holy Spirit, could also just be referred to the fact that there's nothing that men are going to be able to partake in to feel a sense of joy anymore because of the wrath that's falling, whether wine or spirits or anything. Yeah. Uh, in verse 8, we read, The mirth of tabrets ceaseth, the noise of them that rejoiceth endeth, the joy of the harp ceaseth, ceaseth. they shall not drink wine with a song, strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. So, you know, the Bible even talked about wine is to cheer the heart. Uh, but at this point, that's not going to do any good. Wow. You know. Can't even have a good glass of wine. Can't enjoy a good glass up. of wine. I, oh. And I don't know how much wine will be left when so many plants yeah, are being burned up. really died. Vineyards are burning <laughs> up, yeah. There's going to be no partying. There'll be no joy or yeah. celebrating yeah, during this time, time of wrath. You know, the church, the body of Christ, which sang praise to God and worshiped in on earth, you know, is no longer to be heard but in heaven. Yeah. So on the earth, you don't have people singing praise any longer. They're not going to partake of the Holy Spirit in song, for it'll be the time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. Oof. You know, this leads me to believe that the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in the last days is probably happening now and leading up to the rapture. Uh, as many right now are warning, I think the focus is turning, not in the church so much. The church is still burying their head in the sands. Yeah. But there are many, we're all part of the church, of course. Absolutely, but, yeah. But there are many that are starting to warn of the coming wrath, and they're, I think they're being given a deeper understanding of God's Word. It almost feels like there's a little bit of an awakening going on yeah. as well amongst... A tiny group. Not even, yeah, I agree. Not, yeah. not even um, just Christians, but even non-Christians. But Christians, if you talk about people that go to church, they're not teaching about... I don't know how to say it, the truth, <laughs> or not teaching about uh, prophecy, right? Yeah. Not te that's a better way of saying it, right? They're, they won't touch on those subjects. But there's a lot of people that are going, man, There's what is going on in the world? I want to know what all these events are yeah. all about. So people are, you almost feel like there's people seeking truth. Yeah, they, not there only are, from the church, but outside the church. People I think are going, a lot of people are seeking on. truth. And by the way, uh, I'm going to do this because um, I get uh, calls or emails, rather, I should say, not calls. I get emails all the time or messages mm -hmm. about people saying, you know, until I heard your podcast, all these questions I had were never addressed. Yeah. In my church or myself, my pastor. Myself included. Yeah. yeah. And actually, your wife actually sent me a link to uh, a website where there is a church locator. And I'm going to share that link okay. uh, in our show notes because it is, um, it is a way that you can look in your region to see if there are people preaching this kind of truth, where they focus on eschatology they're not Calvinistic. They're not. They're pre-tribulation rapture. You know, they, they, mm -hmm. all these criteria they list in the in the website. Yeah. And uh, it's a. I, I can't remember the name. It's something Harbor or Church or whatever Rock okay. Harbor, but that's their church website. But they yeah, have yeah. The, they have the store locator. Okay. So uh, I'm going to post that for you guys in the show notes, and hopefully you'll use that as a resource. You might be able to find some good preaching in your area. But that's yeah. also the reason why we do this podcast and our Sunday message. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than not have, you know, nothing's better than actual fellowship. But for those that don't have any fellowship where teaching is being done, it's better than nothing. You know. So we, there's a, a locator to churches that you can find that information or that are teaching that information. That's yeah. Great. And we're not saying that we're in all, all in agreement with every point of doctrine. That's Absolutely. never going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But we're definitely in agreement about some fundamentals. And maybe you'll be able to find a church that's within a driving distance wow. of your location. And uh, we would want to provide that as a service somehow. And I would say pray for spiritual uh, covering from spiritual attacks. When you start seeking oh. that information out, it's going to come. They're going to try to stop you from yeah. finding that information. Absolutely. We see it happen all the time. Yeah. I mean, well, that's another shout-out I need to give to, to uh, another one of our wives, your wife, Jana. For sending uh -huh. me that, because unless yeah. I'm wrong and you sent it, I didn't send it. Okay, so it was Janet. Yeah. <laughs> so Jana, thank you. Thank God for the women exactly. that He gave us to our lives because they. My see... wife's a much better Christian than me. <laughs> 
Well, and and the truth of the matter is, our they're they're our helpmate for a reason. They yeah. are our they see they have the gifts from God's spirit that we don't have, and they yeah. possess yeah. A, a wisdom and a, and a, and they see things that we don't see. So I'm grateful always for their counsel because they help us do what we do. Yeah, and we I, I just don't think we can do it without them. Anyway, back to Acts chapter two. Um, when they were accused of this new wine and being drunk, Peter's response to them in verse 14 was, but Peter standing up with the 11 lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. <laughs> we're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock. Uh, <laughs> but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And we just read Joel. Uh, yeah, and it's in yeah. the same chapter, I think, chapter two. And he cites it, and here's what he says. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my, uh, of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And that's happening. Yeah. I think that's what we can tie into uh, what's going on today with this increased ability to understand some things that have been in the Word of God, but we didn't know what they meant. Yeah. So you know, again, like almost like a, an awakening? An awakening something for, like yeah, for the, the last Spirit. push to get the world to see the salvation that would, they need. Would you tie that to an in, increase in knowledge? Absolutely. Hmm. When we talk about Daniel, yeah. knowledge shall increase yeah. in Daniel chapter 12. And then following that, it says, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And that, that's covering almost the entire seven years of tribulation. Yeah. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the focus of all these things, the outpouring of the Spirit in the last days and the signs and wonders in heaven, is so that men will call on the Lord. Yeah. And turn and trust him. So I really think that that's what's happening now. We're trying our best to warn people of the coming wrath. Do you think the signs and the wonders in heaven, do you think that has anything to do with the UFOs or the UAPs or whatever you want to call them? I do. I think that those are the things in The normalization yes. of all of that, like we're seeing? Whether it's normalization or just seeing them at all. Yeah. As I understand it, there's a website, and I don't know what it is, but it's a UFO-oriented website. And maybe one of our listeners knows of this, and they can send us the, a comment and send us the link. Uh, but there's some place where you can read about UFO encounters or, or uh, sightings uh -huh. every single day. They're happening all over the world, Yeah, far more than in the past. And so it just seems like there's something leading up to you. Do you remember when... Uh, L.A. Marzulli posted that video of the entity yeah, that the appeared Nordic on that trail cam. Yeah, yeah. yeah, things like that, orbs appearing. Uh, and L.A. has been on uh, on our show a couple of times. Just a tremendous guest. Such a such a such wisdom God's given him about this mm -hmm. this information. He's been searching this stuff for years. The Nephilim, and they all tie into that. And so he, you know, if there's a guy that I would say could probably smell a a, a phony. Yeah. L.A. can. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, there's no telling how many things that he gets sent that he goes, nah, nah, filters yeah, yeah. through that. You That's know, a guy in a he suit. doesn't he yeah. doesn't talk about it. But yeah, he he's not gonna um, you know, probably uh, discredit or lambast anybody. But he's not gonna present it mm -hmm. unless he yeah, yeah. believes with conviction that it's real and legit. And and in the little I've spoken to him and know of him, I don't see what he has to gain by putting forth fraudulent information. Yeah, you know, he would only discredit himself. Yes. The guy's got an immense reputation. Exactly. So I, I can't see why he wouldn't scrutinize these things yeah. and, and, and see through a, fo a hoax or a phony. Yeah. So uh, to me, that, that thing looks weird, you know. And there's so many others. you got Sylvia McKelvey and her mm -hmm. book, uh, Storm on the Horizon, and her own experiences she's oh, yeah. seen of orbs and things like that. Yeah. So, so there's so much. And then, of course, um, our, our different Karen mm -hmm. Wilkinson, yeah. who uh, is our sister in Christ. She's got a book coming out soon. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I'm looking forward to having her back soon yeah. and, and talking about it. I think she's very close, Lord willing to publishing uh, some stuff that she's uh, God's given her some insight into. So anyway, we've got there's just a lot of stuff going on and mm -hmm. they're all pointing to these signs in the heavens. Yeah. And and maybe the outpouring of the Holy Spirit hmm. in the last days. So um 
Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Isaiah 24, verse 10. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. Now, what's the first thing that comes to your mind if the Bible says the word city of confusion? Does it, does um, it evoke? The Tower a, of Babel. Yeah. Me too. Babel in Hebrew is literally the word confusion. Yeah. Babel or however yeah. it's pronounced. And, and by the way, if you look up the word Babylon in the Bible, okay. it's the exact same Hebrew word as Babel. Hmm. Okay. Exactly the same. So the city of confusion is Babylon. And mystery Babylon will be destroyed during the wrath of God. Okay. Uh, we'll have more on what the city is in an upcoming episode. We're going to talk about Jerusalem okay. and Babylon. Uh, but for now, let's go to Revelation 18. Okay. Because that's just a summary of the destruction of mystery Babylon. And we're going to read something about how this ties into the wrath of God. Starting in verse 1. So Revelation 18.1, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong, strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit. A hold is like a, a place that they gather. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And it's interesting, the connection of devils, foul spirits, and birds, hateful birds. They, they tie together. Hmm. It it's almost tells me that there's something about demonic entities uh, and how they look, maybe. You know, and, and birds. Yeah, birds. hateful and unclean birds, you know. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And fornication has to do with the worshiping of idols. Yeah. Uh, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And notice it's a, it's a city being likened unto a woman, right? Yeah. Um, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, because they're in the city. So come out of her, my people. So is this Jerusalem? I believe it is. Okay. Apostate Jerusalem. Okay. You know? In other words, there's going to be a time when the Lord is... Uh, By apostate, what do you mean there? That is... Ab abandoning God. So okay, without okay, we're going to do okay. a whole thing on this, but without getting to a, a great detail, um, at when the body of Christ is raptured out of the world, the focus is on Israel. Mm -hmm. They're going to turn back to the Lord. There's going to be the two witnesses doing signs and wonders. There's going to be the 144,000 preaching, 12,000 okay. of each of the 12 tribes. So the focus yeah. is on Israel, and they're turning them back. Uh, they also, the nation... So you uh, make the distinction between the believing Israel and the nation Israel. Okay. Okay. Believing Israel, call them what you will, the remnant. Okay. The one-third. That's that, the 144? Well, no, they're preaching to them to get them saved. Oh, okay. okay. So the 144 are certainly saved. Yeah. But yeah. they're preaching to the nation to bring forth the remnant. Okay. Right? I believe their ministry is three and a half years. And then they're going to go out in a mid-tribulation rapture. Yeah. And those that believe their preaching are going to flee into the wilderness. Where God has a place prepared mm. for her. Yeah. So it's likened unto a woman. So while is it the, at that point that the Antichrist goes into the temple and yes. sits down and says he is God. Right. Okay. So at the beginning of so the seven years. So then persecution begins of them and they flee. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So at the beginning of the seven years, um, the Antichrist is in is gaining power and, and taking over the system and whatnot. Yeah. But in the middle of the seven years, he declares himself to be God. Okay. So he defiles and desecrates the temple. But before the temple is built, it has to be agreed that it can be built. Okay. So he makes a covenant with the nation, and that begins the seven-year covenant, okay. which is the time that they're going to build the temple, and then he's going to desecrate it. And he's going to declare himself to be God. So that is the abomination of desolation that Jesus warned of in Matthew 24 when yeah. he said, when you see this, run. So they flee into the wilderness. Okay. Okay. Now, when they flee, they leave Jerusalem mm -hmm. because that's the capital city. That's where the temple is. But now it's not a godly temple, if it ever was. It's now been defiled yeah. by the Antichrist. So Jerusalem becomes mystery Babylon. That and two thirds of the nation are going to believe the Antichrist is Messiah. Mm -hmm. They're going to believe he is the Christ, and they're going to take the mark. So it becomes apostate Jerusalem. Let me stop you real quick, and then we'll go right back on to what you're talking about. What do you think is going on in the rest of the world while this is happening? Because you're talking about oh. Israel. The rest of the world has fallen under at this point the uh, deception of the Antichrist. Has 
accepted the new one world religion, one world currency, taking the, the mark of the beast, whatever that the, is. The Space Brothers are here to save us. Mm -hmm. They've all fallen for that, right? Yeah, and I think the taking of the mark is going to come into play probably in the middle of the week, not hmm. before that. You don't think it's going on concurrently, so that. The system hey, is being set up. Here's the new financial system. If you want to buy and sell, yeah, oh, it's being take, set up now. You got to take, yeah, well, yeah, we're being yeah. teed up for it for sure. Yeah, Paul even said in Second Thessalonians two, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's been at work for two thousand yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. But I think that um, it's going to come to its head, hmm. and come to fruition. Uh, the target date for all these Luciferians is twenty thirty. You ever notice that? Agenda twenty thirty. I remember all these predictions sure. about twenty thirty. All these, yeah. yeah, all these. Um, plans they have that come to to, to culminate in, in the year 2030. Hmm. There's something about that. 2030 is either possibly the the year that the Lord comes back, so it's the end of the seven years, or it's the middle of the week when the Antichrist declares himself to be God. Yeah. I think. Do you think that's more likely scenario, the the middle of the week, the tribulation, middle of the trip? It's Which, hard to say. I, I would have said it was the more likely scenario even a year ago. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you can look at some mathematics and um, uh, calendar dates, I should say, doing the math with calendar mm -hmm. dates. Yeah. And you could see something about, you know, Christ being 33 years old when he died. Yeah, yeah. But was he born in the year zero or was he born in 4 AD or 4 BC, rather? You said that's mm -hmm. where I, I don't know yeah. how to pinpoint the day and it's probably because God wanted it that way yeah well because you know? we don't know the day or the time so let's say if BC which meant before Christ uh, the calendar runs up to zero and then he's born mm -hmm. well then um, you would think when he died was 33 AD which we've said many many times mm -hmm. but if he was born in the year 4 BC right then at 33 years old when he died it was 30 AD yeah so, 2,000 years later, 2030, oh, two okay. days, see what I mean? Yeah. So, there could be something to that. If it's literally, he was born in the year zero, which kind of makes more sense to me, and he died in 33 AD, then 33, 2033 would be the year he comes So, back. you did a whole podcast on this before yeah. I joined, I believe, called Agenda 2030? Yeah. Okay. So, if folks want to go back, they can Absolutely. You can look up that. Agenda yeah. 2030. And um, anyway, back to Babylon. Okay. Because uh, we were talking about Mystery Babylon being apostate Jerusalem, which we'll do a podcast on that okay. for more details because that's a, that's a big thing to say, you know, because that's a big old matzah ball hanging out there for people <laughs> that think that, you know, everything about Israel is perfect or that they think America's Babylon or Hollywood is Babylon yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or the Rome Catholic Church is ba Mystery Babylon. Yeah, Alexander Hislop's book, you know, mm -hmm. The Two Babylons. I don't know if I agree with any of that. I think it's Jerusalem. Hmm, okay. But anyway, he says, Come out of her, my people, so that you be not partaker of her sins, then that you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she hath said in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. And one of the things we might try to get into when we do the episode about Jerusalem and Babylon is looking at the wealth and everything else that she's described with, yeah. you think, well, Jerusalem's not really a, a capital city that's like that, that matches, but how do we know that all of the wealth of the cities of New York and London is not being controlled from here. True, yeah. From somewhere, you know, um, it, it, which tells me that everything is an illusion. You know? Haven't they recently found off of the coast just massive oil reserves out there, though? True. And in, in, in the Mediterranean? Yeah. From, from Israel, yeah. Seriously change yeah. the economic status, and and I do think something's going to happen because it, it appears that the Antichrist makes his base or headquarters out of there, mm -hmm. and if that is the case, John, then um, that's the financial center of the world. That would also lead you to believe that he's a Jewish man, right? He will be part Jewish. Hmm. He's a Nephilim, hmm. but he's going to be part Jewish, and he's called the Assyrian oppressor. Yeah. So I think he has. 
gen human genetics that ties him to Israel, because how else could he make a covenant yeah. with the nation? And to Syria somehow, you know. Hmm. And then uh, since he's the seed of the serpent, he's going to have angel DNA. Yeah. I think literally the anointed cherub's DNA. Lucifer. So all nations have drunk of the wrath uh, of the wine of the wrath for fornication, and he says Babylon will be destroyed because it will be. I'm sorry. Um, therefore shall I got to back up to say where she where I, where I missed. She saith in her heart. That's what I was trying to get to. I sit a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire. There we are, back to the fire mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. So Babylon will be destroyed because it will be defiled with demonic entities, mm -hmm. the unclean birds and the, and the demons and wicked men in the last days. It appears, like I said, to be the headquarters of the Antichrist and the Luciferians, the satanic global elite. Mm -hmm. It's probably the headquarters now. Wow. If anything is true, they, uh, they, the elites believe in symbolism. Mm -hmm. And what is the city of God? It's Jerusalem. Where yeah. was his holy mount? Zion. What does Satan covet? What did he try to overthrow? Yeah. The mountain of God. Yeah. So why wouldn't he put his headquarters there? Absolutely. You know, that's, cool. That is going to be his headquarters. Now, they talk about Pergamos being the seed of Satan and things like that, but... Uh, you know, that's, that's from another perspective. Yeah. So to wrap this up, John, uh, back in um, uh, Isaiah 24, verse 11, there's a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is dark. And back to where we talked about the new wine, you could say this is people want to get drunk because they're tired, because they're horrified by what they're seeing. And they want to, you know, mm -hmm. just be... It's the only way to make the day better. Yeah. Or they're crying for the Spirit of God and it's not there. Yeah. Because he's not operating through the church anymore. Hmm. Uh, he's only operating it perhaps in Israel and through the, the two witnesses and the 144,000. The mirth of the land is gone and the city is left desolation and the gate is smitten with destruction. So because God's people are commanded to come out of Babylon, uh, she's going to be emptied of any trace of the Holy Spirit or wine. Because hmm. if it's in his people, they're going to leave. And all joy is darkened, and the city is under the control of devils. It's going to be utterly destroyed by God. And then in verse 13, When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree. Interesting he mentions olives, because that's a picture of Israel, the okay. olive tree. And as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. And grapes has more than one meaning. Wine, as in new wine, as in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But also the grapes of the wine of God's wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And they shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even the name of the Lord, God of Israel, in the isles of the sea. So while few believers are going to be left on the earth, literally one third of Israel. Okay. All right. Uh, that they are called uh, a remnant. Like the shaking of the olive tree or the gleaning of grapes is like when you get the last of it. Yeah. You've done the harvest, and then you're going back over. That's gleaning okay. to get the last of it. So it's to gather the last remaining fruit. Who, who's left, who hasn't been persecuted and mm -hmm. martyred. Uh, these are the ones who flee into the wilderness. And the Lord protects them there until he returns. Hmm. And Israel is going to see the world burning as it's sheltered by God, they're going to glorify God in the fires, much like Daniel's three friends. We'll come back to them in just a moment. Okay. But let me show you Israel being protected in the wilderness in Revelation 12. What do you think? They're going to see the world burning. What is that, like nuclear war or world war? Well, all of the wrath that we've discussed, the yeah. scorching and that Ooh. army of oh, a, wow. demons and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. And, uh, and then what's interesting is... Um, there's a type in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, that I think alludes to this. A type? What do you mean? A type of uh, Israel seeing the world burning, the remnant seeing the world burning, okay. the people of God glorifying him okay. in the fires. Yeah. You know? And, and there, could be, there could be some Gentiles involved, too. You know, I'm not trying to say that only Jews are going to get saved yeah, at the yeah. time. You know? Because we know there's a group that Christ uh, says, come and enter into the joy of the Lord you know, on my right hand. 
the sheep and the goats are separated in Matthew 25. Okay. And what they did was they blessed Israel. They blessed the least of these, my brethren. But if we go to Revelation 12, look at verse 13. After that war happens in between the angels and Satan is cast to the earth, mm -hmm. it says, "And the dragon saw that he was, when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child." And to the woman, which is Israel, the women, yeah. you know, yeah. Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time, three and a half years, yeah. from the face of the serpent, which is why I think the middle of the week is when the Antichrist sets up the image. Okay. And that's when they flee. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood, and the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here we see the remnant gathered into her place mm -hmm. uh, until the Lord returns to gather them. He protects them there and uh, until the battle of Jerusalem when he comes hmm. back. People call it Armageddon, but... That's where the army meets. They go and they fight against Jerusalem. Hmm. Is there any indication of where they flee to? It just says the wilderness. The is wilderness. It, is that north? Is a that... lot of people think it's the, the, the city of Petra. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Where is that located? It's in Jordan. Okay. And it's this rock. It's a city built into a rock, yeah. into a cliff. Uh, red, whatever it is, sandstone or limestone or something. Hmm. Could be granite. Uh, and and uh, we don't know that's where they're going to go, but it's going to be somewhere. And you can see the symbology in wandering in the wilderness with Moses and, and all hmm. that stuff. There's, wow. there's a lot there. But there's this one type in Daniel that I like. It's Daniel's three friends, and we're going to wrap up with this. So you'll remember that Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Interesting, the time. Yeah, yeah. He, he said he is Babylon. He's a type of the Antichrist. So you get the connection I'm trying yeah. to make about all that. He sets up an image of himself. Well, he's such of an image. I don't know if it was of himself, but it probably is a type of the image that's going to be okay. put into the temple. And he requires that every time you hear the music play, you have to bow down and worship it. Well, Israel was carried captive into Babylon, and Daniel had three friends whose names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. And they were faithful men of God, and they refused to bow down to the image. They were going to do it. So when some of his officers saw that, they brought him to Nebuchadnezzar, and he warned him. He said, look... Either you bow down or we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Okay. So picking up in verse 23, it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound to the midst of the fiery furnace. They threw him in. Yeah. And then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished. We say astonished today. Yeah. Yeah. And rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hmm. Now that's fascinating. It is. Daniel's friends refused to bow down to the image Nebuchadnezzar raised in Babylon. And this is a type of the image of the beast, like I said. And notice God preserved them in the fiery furnace, and then he was with them. They were unhurt. And it says later in the chapter, not even the smell of smoke was on their clothes. Yeah. Not a hair of their head was singed. Is there a significance to the fact that there's three of them? Yeah. What is that? Well, three in that there's three that were thrown in, but four are seen. Yeah. So the, the fourth, fourth one is... A picture is, of Christ. Yeah. And I believe it was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Yeah. But that means that while the earth is burning up in the wrath of God, they're going to be in the wilderness protected from yeah. it. Almost like a shield is around them. Okay. And I think it happens again, too, but by you, the way. I guess my question was, is there a significance to the fact that there's three men instead of five or eight or something like that? The number three. Well, there's always a significance to the number. Yeah. What the three is, I do not know. Okay. Uh, yeah. It may have something to do with it's the last three and a half years of tribulation. Yeah. Uh, it could have something to do with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could be any number of things, but I've never, it's a great question. I'll have hmm. to do some research yeah. and see what that means. But I just think it's a picture of, you know, what we've seen today is that the wine is removed, 
There's a mourning for it in the streets. Yeah. And even wine itself, the real thing, is not going to give you any relief yeah. from the burning that's taking place as the wrath of God is being poured out. And we haven't gotten into the, all the demonic entities that are involved except for that army in, Dan, in Joel 2. Yeah. So you don't want to be around. No, you do not. For the coming wrath. A lot of stuff going on in these and last two episodes. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, it'll be the third part of the coming wrath, and it's going to be vengeance. It's going to be about the vengeance of God. Wow. So it's going to get worse. Yeah. Well, it's it's pointing out the fact that all of this is being done is because God is going to pay back all the Luciferians for the damage they've done to his people. Yeah. And to the all the oppressed, the poor, the needy, the children, the orphans, the widows, yeah. uh, everyone that was ever oppressed because of their wickedness. Hmm. And um, they're going to get their come, what's coming to them. So uh, if there's any possibility that one of these satanic global elites can be saved, you better get saved now. Yeah. And God's not willing that any should perish. But uh, so right now there's still a chance for them. Yeah. The time's running short. Yeah. But once they take the mark, there is no going Hmm. back. So thank you, John. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. You bet. And as always, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to our premium podcast. Uh, don't forget to share and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, if you want to, even though they keep banning us, <laughs> putting right. us in jail. We're going to keep going right back about in the their right face. Things, right? <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so be sure to look up because our redemption draws nigh. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.